Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so that we can get started. All right. So I am excited to talk about nutrition after a cancer diagnosis focused on nutrition approaches during treatment and into survivorship. During the presentation, I will talk a little bit about how this all is can be focused on pre-diagnosis as well, um, but I'll be focusing primarily after a cancer diagnosis. Now on this next slide here, I want to invite you to join me in this presentation through something called menti.com. And what you can do is you can go to www.menti.com and then enter this presentation code, or you can take out your phone, take a picture of the QR code, and it'll bring you straight to the menti. Um, and what this allows us to do is I have some questions and some other things throughout the presentation that allows you to participate in the presentation live, um, just a fun way to engage with me. And so I can know the audience that I'm speaking to and for us to be really to be able to have some live feedback. So I'll give you a couple moments to go ahead and do this. It is completely optional. However, I will tell you in the many times that I've used this program um, during presentation, it's just been really fun to be for both me and the people that are watching the presentation and just a unique way to be able to get involved. Um, so I'll give you just a few moments to get there and um, reminder that you can go to menti.com on any device and then type in this specific code. This specific code will bring you exactly to this presentation. And then you'll be able to um, participate in the presentation through your phone or your tablet if you go to Menti on there or also onto your laptop. There's multiple different ways to do it. But again, it's totally optional and just a fun way to uh, engage with you as the audience, especially when we have a virtual event and I don't get to see all your beautiful faces. All right, so let's get moving this standard objective slide, but I want to make sure you know where in this presentation that we're going, because I always like to know where we're headed to. So in the beginning, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the role of an oncology or cancer dietitian in cancer treatment and survivorship, because what you'll learn is there's actually not very many of us, and I want you to be able to understand what we can do for people during the course of cancer treatment and following cancer treatment or before. Um, we're going to also focus on some nutrition recommendations set forth by national and international agencies on cancer to help reduce the risk of cancer development, considering as a pre-development and also to help reduce the risk of recurrence for cancer survivors. We're also going to examine the benefits of a plant-based or plant-forward diet and how it can help potentially reduce the risk of cancer development. We're going to focus on some nutrients and considerations when it comes to the plant-based diet to make sure that we ensure nutrition adequacy and also to provide recommendations on how to transition to a more plant-based diet to help reduce the risk of cancer. Now, before we get started, and this is where that mentee comes into play, I'd love for you to share with me what option best reflects you as you join this presentation. Um, and the, one of the options is that um, you have a history of cancer, or you are support or a caregiver of somebody that has cancer, or you're not, you don't have a history of cancer, but you're interested in reducing cancer risk. Um, so you'll be able to see here that um, it will give you some live feedback of who else is in the room here. And um, right now we have an even split of history of cancer, supportive caregiver, or don't have a history, but they're interested in reducing cancer risk. Um, so I'm not sure how long of a delay it gives, but I'll just give a couple more seconds. Um, and I think chances are many of us have 
know somebody close to us, whether we were a caregiver or are a caregiver or not, that have been impacted by a cancer diagnosis, whether it be a friend or a grandparent or a neighbor, someone close to you that's been impacted by this. Um, and chances, because this is a very growing, unfortunately, disease that impacts so many people. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and move forward. So we have a little bit of a mix here, and I'll share with you where I fall into this category as I move forward here. So just a little bit about me as it relates to um, my background is that I actually went back to school. I actually went to school originally um, to have... Uh, in business with leadership and management. Um, I was not on the track to be a dietitian whatsoever. And, um, but while I was in school, I was actually a college softball player. I took a nutrition class during that time, just as a fun elective. And it was absolutely my favorite class ever. And I was totally nerding out on that class. And I had started talking about how maybe someday, you know, maybe after I have a family, maybe after I have kids, I'll go back to school to be a dietitian. And it was actually my boyfriend at the time, now husband, who was the biggest advocate for me to go back to school to become a dietitian, because he kept saying, Allison, everything you research, everything that you look at is revolved around nutrition. And he was the biggest supporter for me to go back. And, you know, I was a 21 year old college student who had just graduated and thought, oh, it's too late to go back to school. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, so I actually went back to school to get a, um, another bachelor's degree in dietetics through a coordinated program. And then I also, after I graduated, became an outpatient oncology dietitian at a well-known uh, cancer center. It's nationally well-known. And um, I had an internship there and then actually um, was employed following my graduation. And then um, within that year, I also um, did a master's program on nutrition and fitness. And that's really where I started tying in some of my sports nutrition and interest into the fitness component, uh, component of the master's degree. But then in 2015, I actually started um, Wholesome LLC, which is the private practice that I currently run. And I really honestly just started it as kind of a side gig. My husband was working a lot of hours. Uh, we didn't have any kids yet. And I started to have a lot of people that were coming to me outside of the cancer treatment center that I was working at wanting to work with me. And unfortunately, I couldn't work with them formally inside the cancer treatment center unless they were being treated there. So I sought a way how can I help these people, even if they're not treated at this cancer center? Um, and so that's why I created Wholesome. And that started to grow over time. Um, and then I became a certified specialist in oncology nutrition. And I'll show you what that means in a future slide here of exactly what that entails. And then um, after I had my first child and decided to do a couple different things and the business of Wholesome and the private practice really started taking off and more people wanted to work with me. I decided to leave the traditional cancer treatment center and go off into my own private practice where I've been able to, um, gosh, meet with people all over the country and even internationally. And it's been an incredible ride. Um, and then also I recertified as a CSO or certified specialist on oncology in 2021. And I will share with you again uh, what that means here in just a slide or two. But a lot of people ask me, why did you want to be an oncology dietitian? And honestly, um, it was that nutrition class in college, but it was also the diagnosis of my mother in um, when I was a freshman in college of breast cancer. And then when I was a senior in college, it was my grandfather who was diagnosed with liver cancer. 
my godmother, my mom's cousin who was diagnosed with breast cancer, my other grandma who was diagnosed with breast cancer. And before I was born, my grandmother who passed away from lung cancer. And I really wanted to know how could nutrition help with these paths? Could it help to reduce their risk of cancer in the first place? Could it help them during the course of treatment and making sure that they have quality life and they also are strong and tolerate treatment well? And then what about after treatment and into their survivorship? How can we reduce their risk of developing cancer in the first place or again into recurrence? And as you can imagine, I wouldn't be presenting here before you if we didn't find that, yes, nutrition can play a role positively in all three of those areas. But um, after I went back to school to be an oncology dietitian, my career took a kind of ironic twist. And what that I mean by that advanced is that here are all the people that I just mentioned that had cancer in my family. And then unfortunately, at the age of 33, I was also diagnosed with cancer. Yes, I was incredibly young. It was found um, 10 days after breastfeeding my second child. And um, it was as those here who are supportive or are, have a history of cancer, you can probably remember that call, phone call when you are told that you have cancer and the fear of the unknown that comes forward. And I can very much relate to that. For me, it, like I said, it all started when I was finished breastfeeding my youngest daughter. Um, breastfeeding was something that was really important to me, maybe protect because I'm a dietitian, it was super important to me. And this was actually, I had my husband take a picture of me and my daughters each time I finished breastfeeding. So this was the last session with my daughter. And I struggled with infertility both times to get pregnant with my kids. So at this very moment, I can tell you that I was thinking about, I don't know if I'll ever breastfeed a child again. And I thought the same thing during the first time that I finished breastfeeding with my first child. And I really wanted to have another child, but I didn't know if that would be in the cards for me, but I never ever in the whole world thought that it was going to be breast cancer that caused me to never be able to breastfeed a child again. I thought all along it would be infertility, but here we are. And, um, I went forward after my diagnosis and I had a double mastectomy with something called D flap reconstruction. And because of where the tumor was located in my breast, they automatically recommended a single mastectomy. However, after a period of time, I actually came back with a positive genetic mutation for um, a gene that increases the risk of breast cancer, colon cancer, kidney cancer, and thyroid cancer. So some of those diagnoses in my family started to really make a little bit more sense. And just because someone has a genetic mutation does not mean that they will develop cancer. However, it does put them at higher risk. Um, so I have this surgery. It's a 10 hour long surgery with an incredible long um, recovery rate because a D-flap reconstruction, um, it's actually a double mastectomy to remove the breast tissue and then a reconstruction of the breast that uses your own tissue to recreate the breasts. Um, and so I was very lucky and I feel very blessed to have the opportunity to have had this surgery. Um, and for me, it felt very important to use my own tissue rather than using implants. And that was something that was important to me. So I feel very lucky. But shortly after that, um, my original diagnosis was DCIS with microinvasion. And what that really means is that 
the, um, the cancer was contained to the mammary gland. However, in that microinvasion means it like left a tiny little bit. And when I met my, my surgeon for the first time, she had told me that she was concerned that it actually wasn't DCIS, that it was more invasive because of how my tumor was presenting. And so I had another biopsy, which revealed the same diagnosis. However, after I had the mastectomy, the surgical pathology did reveal that it was in fact invasive breast cancer, which mean that it had spread throughout the um, outside of the mammary gland. And so what that meant is that um, it was recommended that I have chemotherapy and immunotherapy to bring down the risk of my recurrence rate. And so this is a picture of me um, on the left side is actually a picture of me cold capping. And I'm not sure if many people in the audience are familiar with the technique of cold capping, but cold capping is where you wear a really cold, cold ice pack on your head during uh, chemotherapy infusion. And so you actually have to wear it, put it on and get it nice and cold before uh, treatment starts during treatment and then following treatment as well for another hour. Um, so I actually had this device on for about... Let's see, I think it was about two and a half hours total each chemotherapy session that I had, but it allowed me to keep about 85% of my hair, which you can see in the right-hand photo is actually me taking off the cold cap for the very last time. And um, that's how much hair I had left after uh, 12 rounds of chemotherapy. I had very great success with the cold cap, which is something that I'm very um, grateful for, especially as a mother of two young kids. I really just wanted to look like mama. Now, cold capping isn't an option for all cancer patients. And those who do cold cap may not have the success that I had. Um, I am definitely a very positive outlier in terms of how successful cold capping has been for me, uh, but I'm really, really grateful for it. After following 12 rounds of chemotherapy and immunotherapy, I switched over to immunotherapy for a full year. That happens for every, every three weeks, which particularly treats the type, one of the components that I had in my breast cancer, which is HER2 positive. Um, and so um, had that treatment and um, do, did actually really quite well throughout all the treatment. And I was told by multiple people that I tolerated chemotherapy better than anyone they had ever seen before. And as you can imagine, I very much like to believe that is a lot to do with my diet and lifestyle and approach to my life pre-cancer, during cancer, and following it as well. <laughs>